Howdy, y'all. Hi. This is Any Crime at All. I'm Stacy. I'm Coulter. And today we're doing our Thursday minis on a Friday. But we switched it to Friday because Coulter wanted to do it on my birthday. So. <laughs> no. Literally, we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get some free birthday wishes. <laughs> uh, in my case, if, have you ever heard that song? And then I got high, and then I got high, and then I got high. Yeah, that's what happened. He got high. Yep. In case he didn't get that. Okay, and we're probably going to switch it to Fridays anyway, just to give a three-day in-between of the podcast. Dropping the podcast. Is that what you want to do? I think that would be best, right? Yeah. Tuesdays and Fridays? It's up to you. You do the... The Thursday slash Friday one, so... Okay, it's not, it's not Fridays, it's I know, Saturdays. I'm doing mine on Tuesdays. That's all there is to it, my friends. Um, so, first and foremost, I just want to say love and light to the family of the... Um, the guy who killed his parent, the 28-year-old guy who killed his parents in Etobicoke. That, that was sad, and uh, sorry to the families and to the, yeah, families and... Lots of healing and love sent your way. That's All sad. right. Yeah. Okay, let's go. As I said in the previous podcast, it is dumbest lawsuits today. Oh boy, here we go. And as usual, thank you to Ranker.com. <laughs> Ranker, shout out! Okay. Number one. A mother and daughter were frightened by costumed monsters at a theme park on Halloween. Okay, they did know that that's sort of what it entails on Halloween. Shannon Sacco and her teenage daughter were apparently unprepared for the 2018 Halloween festivities at Dorney Park in Wildwater Kingdom in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Sacco's daughter, not wanting to be scared, allegedly asked the park's costume monsters not to bother her. What? When they persisted, she fell over in a fright and reportedly sustained injuries. The pair sought $150,000 in damages. It's mm. unclear how the case turned out. Then why would you go there? Yeah, I know, right? Why? Go to fucking Smurf Town or something if you don't want to be scared. I don't even know if there's a Smurf Town in the world, but, well, you know, the, go to something like that. Of course there's. The Smurfs have to live somewhere. <laughs> 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 All right, number two. Numero de. A couple got sued because of emojis they used in a text message. Huh? An Israeli couple had to pay more than $2,000 for an apartment they never rented, thanks to emojis. In June 2016, the couple contacted a landlord they found online about their interest in an apartment. During the text conversations, the couple used various smiley faces as well as other emojis, like a champagne bottle and a peace sign. Because of this, the landlord thought the couple was sincerely interested and took his property off the market. They weren't as interested as the landlord assumed when they backed out and he took them to court for the month's rent he lost, and a judge ruled he had every right to do so. Huh. Although this, and here's a quote, Although this message did not constitute a binding contract between parties, this message naturally led to the plaintiff's great reliance on the defendant's desire to rent his apartment. And I agree. Well, somewhat, but I wouldn't take it off the market until you have something in writing. That's true, but 
I agree to the fact that he believed they were going to take it. Yeah. They're but... sending champagne bottle. Like, people speak in emojis now. And I yeah. don't. I hate it. Yeah. I don't do that. I'll but... put a smiley face or hearts or something like that, but. But, yeah. A champagne bottle, though, and that means celebrating? Like, we're doing well, yeah. this? Yeah. All right. But let's... it's not like it's a binding contract. <laughs> okay. Number three. I'm not going to number them anymore because I'll Numero trois. A woman sued Starbucks for using too much ice. Oh, fuck off, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) A Chicago Java lover got fed up with her watered-down iced coffees from Starbucks and decided to sue the company over it. According to the court documents brought on behalf of Stacey Pincus... She even has my name. (laughs) Quote, Plaintiff alleges that Starbucks has engaged in the practice of misrepresenting the amount of cold drink a customer will receive. As a result of this practice, Starbucks cold drinks contain significantly less than advertised by design and corporate practice and procedure. Uh Uh-huh. Of course. Getting cheated on your your cold drink is no laughing matter. (laughs) (laughs) The complaint... Why are we laughing? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The complaint... The complaint argues that the standard practice at Starbucks is to fill a venti-sized container until just above the head of the siren on the logo, then fill the rest with ice. That means the customers are getting somewhere around 14 ounces of coffee instead of 24 ounces that fit in the cup. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I'd be pissed at that, too. For its part, Starbucks says that customers can always ask for less ice. That's what I was thinking. Can't you just ask for less ice? Like, you... I go to McDonald's and I, like, not McDonald's, but, you know, any kind of restaurant like that, and they say, do you want ice? No, thank you. Yeah. Then they don't give you fucking ice. (laughs) It's so stupid. Like, why would someone even think, I know they're just looking for some money. Yeah. But be like, oh, I can sue over this. Like, go fall somewhere. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? But people... Nowadays are not satisfied with anything. No, that's true. Nothing. You could have the best sandwich in the world and the last bite has, you know, no butter on that tiny little piece. And they're like, well, it was good up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. A beer drinker sued Foster's for convincing him the beer was Australian. Okay. Foster's Lager. New York resident Leif Nelson sued Foster's in late 2015 for deceiving him. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I was drunk when I bought the beer, but, you know. Apparently, all their beer ads feature kangaroos and Australian flags. Mm -hmm. And this misled him to believe his beloved... Sorry. Now I know what you go through. Mm -hmm. His beloved beverage was brewed down under. In fact... Foster's is brewed in Texas and has been since 2011. Mm -hmm. Nelson says he'll continue drinking his favorite beer when the company properly labels its cans and bottles and stops falsely advertising its beer as Australian. Yeah, okay. Well, all you had to do was look at the can to see where it's brewed. So he's a fucking moron. And the fact that I'm pretty sure Foster's originated in Australia, but shipping it from Australia to the States? That's very costly. He'd be paying a lot more money for his fucking beer. Yeah, they probably still brew it 
in well, fucking yeah, Australia. I would imagine, yeah. They just have another place they brew it. Like Jesus. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Hellman's owner sued the competition for using the word mayo. Okay. According to Hellman's parent company, federal regulators specifically define mayonnaise as a spread that contains eggs. Mm-hmm. That's why Unilever, I think that's how you say it. Unilever, yeah. Unilever, it? Does, it? it depends on how you say the word lever. Lever, yeah. lever. Unilever, the parent company of Hellman's. Right. They make soap and shit, too. That's kind of gross. Uh, was unhappy in late 2016 that a competitor tried to pass off an egg-free version as the real stuff. Mm. The Just Mayo, made by Hampton Creek, used plant products instead of chicken eggs in its spread. In its lawsuit, Unilever contended that by calling in the decidedly non-eggy product Just Mayo... <laughs> Hampton Creek participated in false advertising and stole the market share that was rightfully Hellman's. This is non-eggy, damn it. Uh, here's a quote. Consumers and cooks have an expectation that mayonnaise should both taste and perform like mayonnaise. Just mayo does neither, the complaint states. Hampton Creek CEO Josh Tetrick didn't seem to think it was a big deal. <laughs> Today it's marrow. Did marrow? <laughs> All right. Today it's mayo. Tomorrow it's a cookie. Next year it'll be pasta. Maybe we'll see big cookie and big pasta lawsuits against us next. <laughs> big cookie lawsuits. Um, how does mayo perform? Do they mean the way it spreads, or? The way it performs in your mouth, perhaps? I, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, but. The, uh, I mean, I kind of understand, but it's a funny way to put it. The way it performs digesting? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. My mayo is not performing the way it normally does. <laughs> <laughs> I am dissatisfied. This is a stupid one. Well, they've all been pretty dumb, so go ahead. A traveler sued British Airways... For sending him to Grenada, not Granada. Oh, fuck right off. Geography is tough. Somebody should have sent him a grenade. In 2014, American dentist Edward Gamson planned himself a trip to the beautiful city of Granada in the south of Spain. He was especially excited in the trip due to his lifelong interest in Islamic art and his Spanish Jewish college heritage. Jewish, okay. Spanish Jewish college. Mm -hmm. I have no idea why I said the word college. Spanish Jewish heritage. <laughs> Spanish Jewish college heritage. <laughs> Hold on, give me one second here. Is college in there somewhere? I don't even see the word college. <laughs> Fuck, he's still high from last night. <laughs> I think so. All right. Spanish Jewish heritage. <laughs> Despite his insistence with his travel agent that he wanted to visit Granada, Spain, imagine his surprise when he ended up on a nine-hour flight to the Caribbean island of Grenada. Oh, man. When British Airways refused to reimburse Gamson and his partner for their first-class tickets, he sued the airline for $34,000 in damages. This was to cover the seven flights Gamson and his partner had to take to resolve the situation, along with the cost of his lost wages during the extended trip. Lesson learned. Always double check your spelling and maybe even a map 
when mm-hmm. booking travel. No doubt. Oh, man. You did it, dude. Yeah. That's like me. Go- I'm going to Oshawa, and then I end up in Ottawa. That's my own fucking fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Although, you know, if I was in Ottawa, I could... Uh... I don't even want to say it. I'll probably get busted for it. What are you getting busted for? I was going to say bitch slap the prime minister, but... <laughs> uh, you, don't I, like, you don't like him? I do not like Justin Trudeau. Sam, I am. All right. No, I do not. He is like... After Trump, he's probably the world's biggest fucking laughing stock world leader. Really. Everyone thinks he's so good looking. I, I do not. No. I'd rather have Jean Chrétien... Okay, seriously? <laughs> At least he... Remember when he grabbed that dude by the face? Before the guy came up to him, like, hostilely? Were you too young for that? I remember it. He was walking I've through a crowd, it. and before his fucking guards or whatever even <laughs> attempted to take the guy down, Jean-Claude grabbed him by the face and shoved him out of the way. <laughs> Angry Frenchman. Fuck yeah. All right. McDonald's mentally scarred a customer with napkin thriftiness. What? On a January 2014 visit to McDonald's in the Pacoma neighborhood of L.A., Webster Lucas alleged that after asking for an extra napkin with his food, the manager on duty, who was Hispanic, mumbled something about you people that Lucas, a black man, took to be racist. Lucas claimed in a letter to the location's general manager that the incident left him unable to work because of the undue mental anguish and the intentional intentional infliction of emotional distress caused by the on-duty manager, who may or may not have provided him with an extra napkin. (laughs) Yeah, did he get the napkin? The price tag Lucas assigned to his emotional and mental Uh distress? $1.5 million dollars. Did he win? Does it say if he won it? Or it doesn't say, does it? It doesn't say. I don't think so. Okay, I can understand being upset that he took it racially. I can understand that. And I can understand calling him out and talking to the, the boss of the restaurant or, you know, even calling home office or something like that. But not being able to work because of it? I know, right? Like, that, that dude should not in any time or place have said, you people. Even if he was talking about people in general, you don't do that. But, wow. All right, then. It's ridiculous. It is. It's, it is very redonkulous. A man took a shop to the cleaners for losing his pants. Oh, no. D.C. Judge Roy Pearson took his pants to get dry cleaned at a family-owned business called Custom Cleaners. According to him, they never returned the correct pair and betrayed their satisfaction guaranteed sign. Bum, bum, bum. In June 2007, this served as enough reason to sue the business for $67 million for what, losing his pants. What were these pants? pants? <laughs> Did Elvis once wear them or something? Like, what the fuck? It instantly became the most expensive pants in the history of pants. <laughs> I love the way that's worded. Later, 
he, he dropped the amount to only $54 million. Oh, well, that's reasonable. What the fuck? Couldn't have been name brand. No. <laughs> no. God damn it, they were Jordash. <laughs> Pearson passionately described his mental suffering, inconvenience, and discomfort at the hands of the business, where never before in recorded history have a group of defendants engaged in such misleading and unfair business practices to the judge. What? Pearson continued his tirade, referring to himself as we, until the judge corrected him, allegedly in hopes of getting thousands of Americans who were subject to satisfaction guaranteed signs to stand up and fight for their rights for quality service. Oh, boy. According to attorney and legal blogger Eric Turkowitz, quote, frivolous lawsuits like the ones like this one, are an embarrassment to the profession. Yeah. I don't doubt that Pearson has some emotional suffering, but I don't think it's related to the pants. I suspect he'll be sanctioned. Yeah. What a waste of time and resources. Yep. Very much so. $67 million for a pair of pants. Those were my favorite khakis. Ugh. Put him in jail. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> my, my tirade is over. We do not guarantee satisfaction, so do not come at us. <laughs> okay. Mm -mm. You ready? You're giving me that fucking look. Okay. We have to give the message from our sponsor real quick, though. Are you ladies looking for a mediocre time? Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Well, you can come right here and find it. Coulter's dick. Oh, Jesus Christ. You could have Coulter's dick for a low price of $7. <laughs> Unfortunately... Satisfaction is not guaranteed. <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> that uh, I had no idea we had that sponsor. Yes. Um, I don't think I want that sponsor. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have that sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, onward and upward, I suppose. Okay, let's move on. A pedestrian sued Google Maps for bad directions. Okay. Oh, my God. In January 2010, Lauren Rosenberg decided to walk in Park City, Utah from 96 Daly Street to 1710 Prospector Avenue using Google Maps on her BlackBerry. Part of the directions involved a half-mile walk down Deer Valley Drive. When she got there, she found the road had no pedestrian pathway or sidewalks. Why? Because Deer Valley Drive was also known as Utah State Route 224. <laughs> Rosenberg continued following the directions and walked right down a major highway with speeding cars. Oh, boy. When she got hit by one, <laughs> she sued Google for leading her there. She demanded $100,000 for medical costs and punitive damages, claiming the directions were unreasonable and unsafe. Despite the fact the road was obviously unfit for pedestrians and that upon the map, Google clearly marks Route, 20, Route 224, as a major thoroughfare, Rosenberg apparently never saw the side road she could have used. 
nor did she heed the warning Google posts with every map search about the safety and reliability of its directions. Okay, I don't use Google Maps very much, but um, can't you choose, like, driving, walking, bus, that uh, kind of stuff I think on you there? could in 2010, still. I think so. Hmm. Still, like, you see it's a highway. Yeah, don't I'll... go on there. <laughs> yeah, it... Danger, danger! She, she oh just... my god, just common sense has just gone out the window. You know what it reminds me of? When, uh... Michael Scott on The Office was using directions and drove his car into a lake. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, I drove my car into a fucking lake. (laughs) That's what it reminds me of. (laughs) A woman sued Halloween Horror Nights because it was too scary. Oh boy, here we go again, you fucking... Pussies! In 1998, a woman sued Universal Studios for mental distress and anguish. And for unspecified physical injuries. Mm-hmm. The distress in question happened when, I don't know how to say her, Clean Thee Peters and her granddaughter exited a ride to find an employee with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of freaky. How'd you like the ride? <laughs> to find an employee with a chainsaw leaping out of the dark and chasing them out of the ride. But you're at Halloween. It's hor- Halloween, yeah. Halloween Horror Nights. That's yeah. what it's called. That's, like, the fun they of s- that night. They swore that Leatherface was attacking them, despite the fact they were attending an event marketed as Halloween Horror Nights and featuring headline attractions such as Saw-style torture and a haunted house filled with people's darkest violent fears. Oh, man, I need to go to this. That sounds awesome. Uh, I I will say that the headlining attraction of the Saw-style torture was clearly after this lawsuit. Because oh. the film came out six years after the lawsuit. Ah, oh, yeah. See, that'd be really cool. Um, Screaming, they ran into the park and slipped on a wet spot. <laughs> this left them temporarily helpless. A wet spot? <laughs> when Leatherface caught up to them and brandished his chainsaw. <laughs> Go Leatherface! <laughs> he caught up to them. <laughs> Instead of feeling thankful this was all pretend, Peter sued the park for $15,000. Oh, she didn't initially win her lawsuit, but after several follow-ups, she was successful. Holy. How? Like, I could see slipping on the wet spot. I could see suing over that, but... <laughs> I love how Leatherface was... Oh, he was determined, man. He chased them. <laughs> Do you think when they're researching in law school, they're like, okay, let's find a precedent. Let's go Peters versus Leatherface. <laughs> uh, Ed Gein is alive and well and living at Universal Studios. <laughs> Jesus. How do you say that? Anheuser-Busch? Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch? Yeah. Okay. A man sued Anheuser-Busch for showing that hot women become attracted to normal guys. <laughs> what? In 1991, Richard Overton sued Anheuser-Busch, makers of beer like Budweiser and Bud Light, due mm-hmm. to what he interpreted as false advertising. The ad features men flirting with and or picking up beautiful women, mm-hmm. which he noted was in contrast to real life. <laughs> Consuming beer will not necessarily make men look sexy or appealing <laughs> to hot women. 
His concern for the public seems to be pretty, pretty evident as clause by clause he accused the beer maker of lying to society in order to get men to buy their products and promote the false belief that beer is necessary for social interactions. <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> social interaction between the sexes. The lawsuit also claims the ads caused Overton emotional and physical distress, of course, uh-huh. along with financial losses of $10,000. How? How did he... He spent a lot on beer, I guess, like trying to get laid with beer. Oh, my. In addition, he demanded compensation of $250 for each day Anheuser-Busch continues with their ads. Wow. Can you imagine him? Goes to a bar, buys a beer, sees a beautiful woman. Hey, want to go out to dinner sometime? No, no, thank you. But I'm drinking beer. <laughs> We're not attracted to Bud Light. <laughs> now, if it was straight up Bud, because <laughs> we're Canadian, we don't drink water <laughs> instead of beer. We do drink water. I should... Never mind. I'll stop talking. A suicidal person sued the subway train authority. Because it didn't kill him? The first time Milo Stevens Jr. tried to commit suicide, he did it by jumping in front of a subway train as it pulled into an East Manhattan station back in 77. He survived, but the aftermath was pretty brutal. A few months later, Stevens' family found a personal injury attorney who gave a whole new meaning to the term personal injury. <laughs> with, with his help, the family sued the New York City Transit Authority for $650,000 wow. in the guise that... The subway driver did not slow down in time and thus was to blame for Stevenson's severe injuries, even though Stevens was willingly willingly put himself in harm's way. Oh, my. Surprisingly, he won the suit. What year was this? 77. I wonder how much money that would be today. He went on to make another attempt on his own life in 1982 via the same method. Oh, boy. Uh, New York didn't have to worry this time, however, because he was not injured. Wow, buddy. Wow. You'd think with all that money he won, he may have gotten some, you know, therapy. I mean, it's terrible that people are suicidal. I've been there myself, but, you know. Wow. A man sued Michael Jordan for looking like him. Can we just, like, not? Can we stop, people? Please? Alan Heckard would like you to know he is not Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay. Thanks, bud. Enough said. And he would appreciate if you if you would stop calling him that. Using his own legal words, the years spent dealing with defamation, permanent injury, and emotional pain and suffering of being mistaken for his airness... <laughs> <laughs> proved to be too much for this plaintiff, who's nearly a decade older and many inches shorter than the real Michael Jordan. Is this him, or is that Michael Jordan? That's Michael Jordan. Okay. In 2006, the Oregon resident sued Jordan for $416 million for stealing his likeness. What? He also sued Nike for the same amount because it made Jordan one of the most recognizable men in the world. Why oh, his career didn't do that or anything. Why $416 million each? Quote, 
Well, you figure with my age, and you multiply that by seven, and uh, then I turn around, and uh, I figure that's what it all boils down to. Hackard explained after paying a $206 fee to file the case. What? He had no what? lawyer to help him, but did have enough money and legal rights to file the case and bring it to a judge. He eventually dropped the charges, however. I don't understand his explanation. No. Can you read that again, his yes, explanation? Well, you figure with my age, and you multiply that by seven, and uh, then I turn around, and uh, I figure that's what it all boils down to. Why you... Why seven? And why does he turn around? Why does he turn around? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. That is fucking wonderful. A police officer sued Taser International because its tasers look too similar to her firearm. Oh, no. Is this the... When was this? In October 2002 in Madera, oh, California, okay. police responded to a disturbance call. <laughs> Arrested Everardo Torres handcuffed him and brought him to the backseat of a police vehicle. He wasn't interested in going quietly. However, he attempted to kick out the windows and doors and wrestle himself free from the handcuffs and the grips of the officers subduing him. At that point, Officer Marcy Noriega took out her taser to subdue Torres. It worked, sort of. The only problem, it wasn't her taser. She instead mistakenly took out her police-issue handgun and lethally shot Torres in the chest. Oh, no. His, re his relatives initiated a lawsuit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in turn, the city and Noriega sued Taser International, claiming its devices looked too similar to police handguns. And the company that didn't didn't provide enough information to the Madera Police Department about how tasers can be mistaken for handguns. Oh, come on! After a drawn-out trial process, a federal court judge dismissed the suit of Madera and Noriega against Taser International. The city ended up paying damages of $775,000 to Torres' family. Good. That's... I mean, it doesn't bring the kid back, but good. You guys can't see it, but this is the Taser, Mom. Oh, yeah, that looks like a handgun. That looks like a fucking... A Jetson's gun. Like, how do you mistake that? That looks like fucking Star-Lord's gun in Guardians of the Galaxy. It sort of does, yeah. yeah. Okay. Bitch is retarded. That, that's what happened. All of a sudden, Star-Lord accidentally shoots Drax in the chest. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was my taser. <laughs> Drax is like, how did you see me? <laughs> okay, Marvel fans will get it. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't have said retarded. That was, that was kind of mean, but bitches, uh... I said it last week. Blind? Uh, or I can't say that either. All right. A you ready for this? Don't read it. Uh, I'm not, I was looking at the picture. A Nebraska state senator sued God over natural disasters. Uh, What? Here's a case that brings new meaning to the relationship between church and state. Ernie Chain Chambers, plaintiff, and the duly elected and serving state senator from the 11th Legislative District in o Omaha, Nebraska, decided to sue God for directly and, <laughs> and causing inter alia fearsome floods, e egregious earthquakes, horrendous hurricanes, terrifying tornadoes, and... Pestilential plague. 
Okay. Chambers also used the lawsuit as a cease and desist order complaining God must bow to the law and cease certain harmful activities and the making of terroristic threats. Chambers maintained he filed the lawsuit to fight local laws that restricted the public from filing frivolous lawsuits. As a state senator, it seems, there's no better way to bring up said issue and prove that anyone can sue anyone they choose, even God. But why God? According to Chambers, because, quote, that defendant being omnipresent is personally present in Douglas County. Okay, this guy needs medication and intensive therapy. The judge, however, rejected the case because the Almighty did not have a recorded address. <laughs> That's beautiful. All right. Ready? Yeah. Last one. Okay, I love that picture. I just saw the picture, guys, and it's a donkey, and I love donkeys. They are the sweetest creatures. I heard about this. Jackass sued Jackass. A man who legally changed his name to Jackass in 1997 oh sued Viacom, MTV's parent company, because he claimed the show it aired called Jackass prompted defamation to his good name and tore apart his reputation. His good name? He named himself Jack... Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Then it says, Ass... Formerly Bob Kraft. <laughs> it's a <like> crap bag. <laughs> he was seeking $10 million for injury to a reputation I have built and defamation of character I have created. The character being himself trying to spearhead an awareness campaign about the dangers of alcohol. What? Okay. He had good intentions, but it seems a little zany and convoluted to legally change your name to Jackass and run a campaign whose slogan is, Be a smart ass, not a dumb ass. Oh, this guy. Oh, yeah. At least he's dedicated to his job. Unfortunately for ass, <laughs> he couldn't find an attorney to take his case, so he defended himself and ultimately lost. You think... Unfortunately for ass. <laughs> I like how it goes, ass, formerly Bob Kraft. <laughs> oh my. So, oh, people are fucked. So that was some dumb lawsuits. Yeah. There's many more out there. See, Jim Morrison had it right way back in the day when he coined, people are strange. Yes. When you're a stranger, faces look ugly when you're alone. Okay, um, uh, yeah. And he was also right when he said, Hello, I love you, won't you tell me your name? Well, he didn't. That was Robbie Krieger. Because there were many mornings I had to say that. <laughs> but you can thank Robbie Krieger for that, because Jim Morrison didn't write that. Okay, thank you, Robbie Krieger. Yeah. Um, that was her only number one hit, by the way. I do know that. Yeah, and Jim Morrison didn't write it, but... Oh, so what the fuck's Jim Morrison good for? Poetry. We can whip the horse's <laughs> eyes and make them sleep. Um, have you ever read Jim Morrison's poetry? Yes. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. I read, also read his biography. It's beautiful. Yep. Um, okay. No I'll... one, oh, by the way, No One Here Gets Out Alive, a book about Jim Morrison. Really good. Yeah, that's what I watched. Or read. I didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had that book when you were little. Did you read it from me? 
No, I borrowed it from a friend. Oh. Aren't we friends? No. You're my mother. Oh. If you want to call yourself that. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Holy. Anyway, that was some stupid ass <laughs> lawsuits. We hope you liked it. I had a good time, except for the fact that people are stupid. And uh, remember that lawsuit? Like, was it in the States or was it in Canada when the woman spilled the McDonald's coffee on herself and then sued McDonald's because the coffee was hot? You know, I skipped that one. Oh, was it there? Yeah. Was it in Canada or the States? I, I forget, but I skipped it because it's so known. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I just recently heard about one where a woman sued her parents because she didn't ask to be born. You guys may have seen this on TikTok. And then at first, the law sided with her and the parents had to give her $5,000 a month because she didn't ask to be born, so she shouldn't have to look after herself. But the parents appealed it, and now the woman gets nothing, no dollars a month, and she was on TikTok like, well, how am I supposed to support myself? Didn't we do this at the end of the last show? I don't know, but I'm reiterating it because uh. <laughs> that bit's a bit. Did you get all that? That bitch is a bitch. Anyway, um, this uh, you can follow us on Any Crime at All podcast on Facebook and under the same name on Twitter. And uh, yeah, come see us on Facebook though. We we really like interacting with people and such. And I want to give a shout out to. Ali Marie for sharing us so much and Michelle Young because she is a big supporter. Um, Chris Wilson because he is a huge supporter. Boo. Caitlin St. Martin because she is a huge supporter and my beautiful, beautiful sister. And um, do you have anyone else to shout out who's a huge, huge supporter? I can't think of everyone right now. I'm so sorry. Um, but we do love you all. And uh, keep your head on a swivel because people are capable of, what is it again, Coulter? Any crime at all. That is the truth. Bye!